As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Tribune Audio Network. Oh my goodness, it's like winning the lottery. Um, when they call, they're so happy. In most cases, the line that I hear most often is, it only took you a couple weeks. It only took you a couple days, and I've been fighting this up till a year. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. We're investigative reporters breaking down the big stories, what it took to get them, taking you behind the scenes. It's the stuff we couldn't tell you on TV. On today's episode, more than just the stories, what it really takes to help those who need it. Hi, I'm Jenna Sachs. Brian and Amanda aren't here today, but I'm joined by two guest hosts. Uh, the first one you've heard from before, back for another episode, executive producer Leanne Watson. Hi, thanks for having me back. Of course. <laughs> and we have a new voice to podcasting, Context 6 administrator Val Sieber. Hello, hello, hello. So we make up the Context 6 team. We do. All three of us. <laughs> and we've done it for a while together. We've been a team for a few years now, so... Yeah. I think it's going pretty smoothly, if you ask me. But <laughs> Well, for those who don't know, Leanne manages the segment. I'm the face of the segment, the reporter, and Val, you're kind of the heart. Yeah, she really is, in more ways than one. Everything that happens behind the scenes, I feel like Val has her hands in. That's the truth, I think. Yeah, that is definitely the truth. I meet almost 500 new friends a year. So yeah, it's it's fun. I get to talk to people every day and I get to say, hey, you know, your case has been resolved and it's a great, great thing. Yeah, you're the one taking the calls, all the complaint forms mm-hmm. uh, that we receive and filing them away in the system, following up with people and handling the cases that maybe don't end up on air. So you're doing a lot of that hard behind the scenes work. Correct, 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 correct. And I love it. <laughs> founded on people talking to each other. Yet Contact 6 gets complaints every year from people struggling to communicate with their wireless provider. One of them, a 95-year-old man, he had a cell phone older than a high school student. Arch Smith turned to Contact 6 after he received a bill from a collection agency. It was for nearly $100 owed to T-Mobile. It was his wife Nancy's phone, and it never got much use because she was legally blind, so they threw it away. I don't think it's at all fair because she was legally blind. She couldn't see anything. She couldn't see the numbers. I've sent letters to them telling them what her condition was. I didn't know what else to do. So once Contact 6 got involved, the bill was dropped because there'd been no usage on the account. Art's case is just one of the many different kinds of cases that we handle here at Contact 6, and we handle a wide range of different cases. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) And every now and then we get surprised by something. We We see a lot of the same stuff. We do. We do see a lot of the same stuff. You know, I'd like to kind of take a second to explain to people what we do at Contact 6, because it's something I think is becoming pretty rare 
in today's television landscape. It really is. I don't know a lot of places that still do what we do. So I don't, Jenna or Val, do you one of you kind of want to break down what Contact Six is and what we do? Well, I explain it to people as a consumer advocacy segment, and it's been in this market for nearly 50 years yeah. mm-hmm. um, with Tom Hooper and then Katrina Cravey and now myself. And what we do is we take complaints from our viewers every day about businesses they are having issues with, um, questionable business practices, and we try to resolve them. And we do try to resolve every single one, even if it doesn't end up in a story that goes on air. And Val, you're doing a lot of that work. Can you talk about the process a little bit and how we manage all those complaints? So each day um, we receive up to 10 complaints. And I base them on cases that we take. Um, It'd be a lower percentage if we go Um, not by the cases that we don't handle. The cases that we don't handle are usually malpractice cases, um, landlord-tenant cases, business versus business cases, um, used car cases. If it falls outside of those dozen or so cases that we don't handle, more likely we take them. I then create a report and I send them to you guys and say, hey guys, this is what come in today. Um, Just so that you know if there's a, like a pattern that you're seeing more cases under those categories. Um, and then we go through and then we contact the companies. We contact them mostly by um, email, uh, letters, or even calling them saying, hey, we got this complaint. Here's a copy of the complaint. What's your position? Um, and then we go from there. And a common example of some of these complaints would be, uh, I have a dishwasher that I bought and now it's not working. Or mm-hmm. I hired a contractor who started to start a job and then he took my money and then he didn't come back. You Correct. Know, we've helped people with everything from, I need a prosthetic foot replaced and insurance won't cover it, to my husband took a hospital ambulance ride and it wasn't covered by my insurance. Correct. So it's a wide range of thing and every story is interesting and it's really hard deciding which ones are going to end up on air. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. And one of the things when we take these cases, we make the call to the viewer and we explain that exact same thing. We go through what what they will expect, um, you know, if the case is going to be resolved, if it's not going to be resolved. And then we also talk a little bit about a small fraction of our cases make it to air. And I use the example of 2018. Out of the 453 cases we took, a couple dozen went to air. So it gives them the idea of the uh, um, small fraction of the fact that the case is going to go to air. Kind of walk through the process so they know exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leanne, you and I spend a lot of time talking about what stories we we're do. going to pursue we on do. air. That's one of the hardest parts. I think it really is because we do we do get hundreds of complaints every year, and everybody's story is important. No matter yes. what, it's the smallest amount of money, large amount of money, everyone's story is important. But we also have to look at the value for the viewer and the consumer. Just because we get a ton of you know wireless bill things doesn't mean all of them make a story. Sometimes in Art's case, it was an interesting. He was older. He was dealing with you know some issues that maybe some other people aren't dealing with, and so I think he made an interesting story for the viewers to see. But then the viewers could also relate to art because, oh, I've had an issue with my wireless company before. So we're still able to give people that information they need, but have a good story to tell as well. And so I think that's tough. It's tough. It's a hard process to do because, again, everyone's story is important. Mm -hmm. And I've often heard to us referred to as uh, a lawyer for someone who can't afford one or maybe someone who doesn't want to take that step of hiring a lawyer Mm -hmm. because we have contacts at all these different companies, um, different government agencies, and we 
are sometimes able to get our foot in the door or to get something noticed in a way that the consumer just isn't. And sometimes that's all it takes is us contacting the right person and having someone take a second look at the situation, whether it's with an insurance company or with the, if it's the DOT. I do a lot of work with the DOT mm-hmm. about vehicle issues, and those are usually easy to resolve as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's nice that we're able to help our viewers in this way, and I'm really glad we do because it's very fulfilling work. Val, oh. you get to tell people a lot of good news, or they call you often to say, hey, we got a resolution. What's that like for you? Oh, my goodness. It's like winning the lottery. Um, when they call, they're so happy. In most cases, the line that I hear most often is, it only took you a couple weeks. It only co- took you a couple days, and I've been fighting this up till a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy for your voice. Everyone knows what you guys stand for, and you get the job done. That is the most fulfilling part, is hearing um, all I needed to do was call Contact 6, or Contact 6 made a difference, or without you, this wouldn't have worked out in my favor. So that's, that's beyond words. I do know that when I first started with Contact 6, which, gosh, it's been five years now that I've been doing work with Contact 6, that was one of the first things that you're like, oh, this is amazing. When you get that first thank you, <sighs> it's something that you don't really forget because I think sometimes, especially in news, we do a lot of work for people. Even the day-to-day reporters do a lot of work for people. And I think at the end of the day, we're all trying to help get people informed. But in this line of work in contact six there's just we're going kind of the extra step to kind of get these smaller issues that may not seem like a big deal to other people but for that person mm-hmm. it's a huge deal even if it's just twenty dollars that's a huge deal for someone if they need that money and so i just remember getting my first thank you and being like wow i made a difference in someone's life yes. in, a, in a big way and it's yeah. just it's so fulfilling and it's so rewarding and so i'm so grateful that we have this unit here that can do that for people because exactly. like you said earlier Jenna this doesn't exist in a lot of places and so the fact that it's still here mm-hmm. is amazing yeah. right and I think last year how much money did we get back Val do you remember um, yes it was about 188,000 last year and we processed about 453 cases and I, I did some little uh, a, few, a little numbers here um, since this team we've processed about 2,700 cases and we've collected a little bit over a million dollars for our community. I didn't realize, uh, like when you put in that perspective, <laughs> I didn't realize it was that much. Like I knew I like did. when you see, because we do the yearly totals each year, yes. we're like, oh, we got this much this year, we got this much this year. But putting it in that, like my eyes widened <laughs> at the number of cases. I know you can't see it because yeah. we're on audio, but I was like, whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. I work it every day, so I don't know. It's, but when you put it like that, that's yes. crazy. And, and you're right. I'm the same way. And I'm like, well. It'd be interesting to know how many cases we've processed as a team together. And I put that together this morning, and I'm like, wow. Because when you're in it, we really don't look at numbers. We look at who can we help and how effective mm-hmm. and resolutions. Um, but when I did that this morning, I'm like, that's amazing. And I will say, sometimes we take cases that don't involve money. Exactly. Um, for example, mm-hmm. I did a story a few years ago. I don't know if you remember the one with the handicapped parking yes. space. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. There was a family who had a son who had a, a parking spot in front of their house where it was easy to get him in his wheelchair from that spot into the house. And technically, it wasn't a legal parking spot. Mm-hmm. And their community was going to eliminate that spot in an upcoming road project. And we were able to get them to keep that parking spot. There was another one. Oh, the dra- the, the drainage drain. issue. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at this guy's house in Oak Creek where he had an issue with flooding in his yard, and we were able to get his uh, city to install a, an inlet, a, a sewer inlet in his oh. road. That kind of thing you can't really quantify, but it, it does make a difference for it people. Does. Well, and I think that's important, too. If you think that you have something that 
contact sex may be able to help with, I don't think it ever hurts to just ask us. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it may not, because we do have that list, cases we will not take. And there are some things we just, we can't get involved in. That's just the reality of the situation. But sometimes we may be able to make a judgment call and be like, you know what, in this situation, we think there's something we can do. And Mm -hmm. so if you need help with something, it never hurts to ask. I think that just kind of goes in life in general. But when it comes to contact sex, I think that's important to remember that if you need us, Try and ask. You never know what we can do. And I think because that's our job. We're here to help. Exactly. And on that point, I've had cases or calls where we we just couldn't help because it was out of our scope. We can at least provide a resource and point them to an agency that can possibly help them. And, I mean, they appreciate that, you know, because they're at a position, whatever the the situation is, it's like, I don't know where to turn. And I decided to call you. I don't know if you can help me. And if we can't, we say, well, why don't you try A, B, or C? And um, most of our viewers are very helpful for that. Well, and I think, too, when you're in that stressful situation, when something bad is happening, you can get overwhelmed. Even if there is, like, a logical solution for it, sometimes you're just so overwhelmed by what's happening that you just need an outside voice, a voice of reason to be like, hey, why don't you try steps one, two, three, and see if that works? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So sometimes you just need that outside voice to kind of help guide you. And so I think that's something that Context Six provides as well. And I do want to stress, we want a resolution for our viewers when a resolution is warranted. Right. And so it's not like we're out to get someone. Mm -hmm. I've heard that sometimes. You go get someone. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not not, exactly. mm -hmm. That's not what we do. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is we do reach out to these businesses and we give them an opportunity to respond. And if they respond and it's reasonable and it makes sense, you know, we understand that. We're, we're reasonable people here mm-hmm. and we are out for what's fair for everybody involved. And I know sometimes the business owners I contact don't see it that way and I understand mm-hmm. because they have a business to protect and they have their own side of the story. And we're always trying to be fair with how we present yeah. our information mm-hmm. and what we're pursuing in terms of a resolution. Maybe the person is asking for a million dollars and that's just not realistic uh, and right, we can get them right. something less. But I do find that people are very often willing to at least negotiate mm-hmm. and I think that's where we can step in and play a positive role. Well, mm-hmm. and on that point too, we request documentation for stuff. We just don't take someone by their word of the summary or complaint that they submit. If there's you know contracts, photos, any type of documentation, we ask for that to, you know, back up what you're saying. We're not just going to take you at your word for it. Um, and it doesn't mean you're lying to us. That's not what I'm insinuating. But it's just we as we have to operate um, in facts. And mm-hmm. so that's what we do. So when we are going to a business, it's not like we're just saying, hey, they said this. What do you have to say back? We're going to provide evidence that backs up their claim. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and on the point you just made, I've gotten those requests, too. I think you should um, blast the company or, you know, um, you know, sh- uh, shame them in some sort of sense. And I and I immediately stopped that conversation or halted and say, that's not what we're about. We're about bringing people to the table. Um, you have a position and so does the company. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to figure out what happened here. And on what you said, Leanne, um, every case that we take, contract, receipts, photos, um, something that substantiates what their claims are. And then we move forward. And if we, you know, and and like you said too, Jenna, our goal is to get a resolution. And most of the time we do. But there's some cases the company doesn't respond. They filed bankrupts. They moved away. We can't find them. Um, So we take them case by case by case by case. Cases that we don't get resolutions for, we're not going to say, well, we didn't get a resolution for you. We'll say, well, here. Try 
the following agencies. Um, we'll keep the case open. Um, if we hear anything more, we'll contact you. And um, so, because we know it's a frustrating position and we try to help as much as possible. So, And I know too, a lot of times we get a lot of scam calls, scam email things where people will say either I got the call or, and then I sent them money. And those are one of those ones that's, those are, I think, one of the most heartbreaking ones for me because once you've given them that money, that is one of those situations where there's not really much we actually can do. Especially if they say, I paid with a green dot card mm-hmm. or I paid with gift cards mm-hmm. and they say, can you get this money back? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, no, I'm no. sorry. You can file yeah. a police report yep. and mm-hmm. chances are they aren't going to be able to get that money back because right. it's Correct. gone. But but I think it's valuable to share that information too because first mm-hmm. of all, that's one of the things ContextX does is warn consumers about these types of scams so that you don't fall for them. Mm-hmm. But also when you file those police reports, they can start building a profile and a portfolio that eventually could help cut these things off at the at the head. So while you may not get your money back, and that's probably what, at the end of the day what you want most, mm-hmm. I think there's still an opportunity to help other people in coming to people at Context 6 or the police in those situations. So Right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know that I'm very proud to be a part of this segment. Mm-hmm. I think our station values it. It's seen as a pillar of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And I think it it really shows that we're trying to be more than someone that brings you the news. We're trying to make a positive impact in your lives. So mm-hmm. I, I assume you guys feel the same way. I know you do from talking with <laughs> yeah. you every day that we're all passionate about trying yeah. to make yeah. this segment important and make sure that everything we do has value and we are trying to help in any way we can. I do have to ask because I feel like you guys have the most contact with the viewers. You know, I think I'm, since I'm in a more managerial role, I'm sort of a little bit removed from that. Do you have any stories that really stand out with Context 6, whether it's a phone call, an email, or anything that you're just like, oh, that one really touched me? Think for a second. Oh, Ooh, hard this isn't even the dinner pick. party question it's yet like either. Picking candy in a candy store. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting because some people will say, you know, thank you, and that's it. You know, and, and some people will really want you to come over. They want to give you that hug. Yes. They want that moment with you. Some people don't say thank you at all. <laughs> you know, that's fine. We're doing our job. Right. But um, you know, anything that involves something personal that helps someone day-to-day life. Um, recently, the woman with the prosthetic foot, that was good because I knew that was going to affect her quality of life every day. Um, the handicapped parking space, I knew that was something that was going to help that family every day. It wasn't just a matter of getting someone their $20 back or their $30,000 back, which mm-hmm. we have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those moments where you know, I impacted change for this person in a way that's going to affect them every day. And with that one woman with her foot, with every step she took, we were able to provide that foot Mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the things I think that I I carry with me, and I I know that we're doing something of value. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I I go back to the the case, um, this was a little while ago, um, where a woman had a foot, or I'm sorry, a hip replacement. Um, and um, after she had her hip replacement, she started having some medical issues, some side effects. Uh, long story short, the product was defective. Um, however, she was billed through the insurance company um, for the product. Um, she had to go have surgery to, to remove the hip, and she was being billed for it. Um, she reached out to us and said, hey, I can't pay this $47,000. This product for the hip replacement was defective. Um, I don't think that's fair. And we didn't think it was fair either. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went after the insurance company, and finally they screamed uncle, um, mm-hmm. and they wiped her bill clean. That case happened a couple years ago, and it still sticks with me. Because like you said, that's 
just a huge impact to this woman's life and her quality of life. And she came to contact six because she couldn't get anywhere. She couldn't get any help anywhere else um, and didn't have money to hire a lawyer. Um, so that one sticks out with me mm-hmm. and countless more that I, I would take up all the entire time <laughs> going through all the ones that impact me because it's so personal. Um, and like you said, we get, you know, cakes and, and all kinds of wonderful things, people thanking us mm-hmm. for our service. But at the end of the day, we love what we do. Well, remember, if you ever have a complaint for Contact 6, you can let us know. You can always fill out a form on fox6now.com. That's the dinner bell, which means it's time for our dinner party question. This is a weekly segment where we answer questions we most often get asked as journalists at parties, events, or when we're out and about. Here's the catch. We have no idea what the question is. There's several envelopes in front of us, and I'm going to pick one at random. Here we go. (laughs) All right, Val's got one. You're our guest. Open it up. You got to open it up. Yay! We don't have an envelope opener. For I was going to say many that. years ago. This is totally <laughs> off topic. Uh, I always used to open my envelopes like a bear, and Val bought me an envelope. What are those called? The <laughs> the envelope openers, the little That's what it's called, right? Is that what it's called? But she, I just showed up one day and it was on my desk. She's like, "This is so that you don't have to rip open your envelopes." And I still have that envelope <laughs> opener, so nice. just so you know. Uh, yay! Okay. Do you ever struggle against preconceived ideals about the media? Ooh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it goes both ways. When I first started here in 2011, January, one of the first things I covered were the recall protests in Mm -hmm. Madison. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a really hard way to start my job here because that was intense. I mean, it was long days, long hours, and it was really cold outside. And a lot of the people in Madison weren't familiar with Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So when I was there, people thought I was Fox the Cable Channel. And Mm -hmm. we're not. We're owned by a different company. Mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time covering that story because people wouldn't talk to me because I had a Fox jacket on. They would mob my live shots. They would throw snowballs at me and and chant things. Right. And they would chant things during my live shots. And it was really emotionally exhausting to cover this all day long when I knew that I was going to be a fair reporter and cover both sides and do a good job. But they didn't they didn't know us. They weren't from Milwaukee. They're from other parts of the state. And that was really hard. That said, it goes both ways. We'll have people come up to us and say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you because I know you're on my side Mm -hmm. and we're not on anybody's side. Mm -hmm. I know people might roll their eyes when they hear that. But we have people in our newsroom who are trying really hard during the recalls, we were counting sound bites mm-hmm. and the length of the sound bites so that things were fair because it was that heated. Um, so we were, we were really trying everything we could do to be fair. But I, when I was covering general assignment, that came up quite a bit and we're trying really hard. I hate it when people say the media. I think that's <sighs> what bothers me about that, that blanket, like the media, because I think in local news specifically, we are not at the same as a national media. I've never worked at a national media company and I'm not going to pretend that I have. But in the local media, we're your friends and neighbors. We're in the community that we're reporting on. And so we don't have sides. Like, we just want what's best for our community and our Mm -hmm. neighbors. And so I think that it's frustrating. We're like, oh, you're in the media. And it's just this, like, I don't know. Blanket statement. Yeah, Yeah. and because it's not. It's just not, I don't know, not all 
media, quote unquote, is the same, I think. That's, yeah. So it can be frustrating. Right. I've never met a reporter who wasn't trying to do their best. Oh, yeah. And be fair mm-hmm. and consider every perspective on a daily basis. Yeah. Everyone's trying really hard to do their job well. So it's really hard when people make assumptions about you as a whole group. Um, mm. When I think everyone is trying really hard. Oh, my gosh. Do you ever run into that? I do. I do from the standpoint when I get calls. Oh, I bet. um, uh, People assume they inject political stance Mm -hmm. um, because we're a Fox affiliate. They think that they know. Um, they, they inject political stance. And it's both and sides, it's so too. Exactly. It's not one or the other. You think it'd be like one or the other, but it's both sides. You think we have this agenda for the opposite right. side. Exactly. And either you're don't. the liberal media or you're yeah, the conservative media. We can't win. Yeah, we can't. Exactly. We really can't. <laughs> That's a great way. We, to, we really can't. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. So that I get that constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. And I just politely said, um, how can we help you? And um, they usually, I let them do their rant, and then the call ends. And I go back to my day. I kind of shake it off and go back to sipping my tea and looking at my cup that says, be happy. There you go. And then I'm good. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, it is weird, you know, like when people ask me where I work and I have to say Fox 6, you, so, everyone has an opinion. Yeah, like, I feel like in other industries, you say where you work, you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But right. when you say you work at a news station... People have opinions, but for good or for for better or for worse, whatever it is, but they always have an opinion, whether you want it or not, unfortunately. (laughs) And there are subtle digs against the media all the time. You'll be out and about, and people always categorize media. They'll just mm-hmm. throw a line in there like, oh, yeah, you hate that and the media and, yeah, yeah, right, and so right. on. It's like, but that's me. You know, <laughs> it's, <probably laughs> right. tough. it's like, I know you don't want to. Yeah. So it's I think it is tough to deal with those preconceived notions, but they're out there. And I think it's just part of working in the industry and you just kind of have to roll with it and know yeah. that you're coming in and trying to do your best every day and be balanced and fair. And at the end of the day, you just want to inform people. Exactly. And it doesn't help that there's so many different Oh, gosh, I guess you could say there's a spectrum of media out there mm-hmm. right now where there's just so many people offering opinions that people mm-hmm. are perceiving as news. And then there's, there's, uh, I guess, not factual stuff that's circulating as well. Mm-hmm. So all of this kind of bundles together mm-hmm. into an idea of what the media is. Right. When you might say, well, no, that's, that's a talk show host and, right. and that's right. a commentator on the radio. We're not all the same. And I, I, mm-hmm. it's one of my pet peeves. Thanks for listening to Open Record. If you enjoy listening, let us know. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Before we go, we want to thank Val and Leanne for joining us today. If you want more Open Record, just head to our website, fox6now.com. Tribune Audio Network.